Welcome to the Humane Roundup Podcast, where we share all the exciting stories about animal cruelty investigations, dangerous animals, and amazing rescues. Find out what goes on inside of animal shelters and all the current trends in the animal welfare industry. Now, here is your host, Daniel Edinger. Episode 69, what's up, Bishop? Oh, 69, come on, we didn't have Mel on for this one? It's so funny, because I was thinking the same exact thing. (laughs) (laughs) She she would love to be on 69. She really would. (laughs) Shout out to Mel. I know she's been uh, going through a lot, and you know, taking a a mental health break is uh, awesome for her, so we wish her all the best. Absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And she was brave enough to step up and do that for herself, where some people wouldn't. Um, So absolutely shout out to Mel um, and anybody else who just decides like, hey, I got to step away from the job or I got to take fewer things on because I mentally can't do it. And Always know that we're here. Like, if you need to talk to us, if you need to talk to somebody who gets it, reach out to us on Facebook. Like, we're monitoring it. Like, if you contact us, maybe not immediately, but we will get back to you as quick as we can. And we are here to talk to. Absolutely. And I'm honestly, I watch that stuff pretty regularly. So um, I'll respond, uh, you know, if you want to text or whatever, uh, once we establish that, you know, you're a legit. a legit person and not some scammer, not uh, right? Susie from the vehicle department team calling right? to uh, tell me my warranty's expired. Then I think we're good. I think we're good. So uh, check it out. Humane Roundup, Facebook, Humane Roundup, Instagram. We do have a Twitter account that I don't actually know how to use. So holler at uh, Hildy for that. I'm sure he maintains it. Yeah. I even found out the other day that apparently you can talk to people on instagram like it has a chat fun function which i didn't even know about until oh. somebody reached out to me about my post about uh, my new van so how cool is that and check check you out on there h-o bishop yes uh, on instagram and then um dan when am i animal protection officer daniel <laughs> on the gram and or facebook so we're here you know that's just it is like we know what you're going through. You know, I'm at plus 10 years in the field and having that experience, you know, they say that's kind of when the max burnout is. So I can relate to a lot of a lot of our listeners in that aspect. And, and so just providing an outlet or, or somebody to be a ears to your situation, hit us up, let us know how you're feeling. And hopefully by the end of the day, we can make you feel a little better or give you some tools and certain things to just ease some of this stress that we deal with every day. Absolutely. Because, hell, 2021 is, I mean, similar enough to 2020 yet. It's still early in the year, but, I mean, it's getting better. I don't know how what you think, but. Oh, an airplane just exploded over Denver, so I don't know how, like, thankfully Uh, there were no injuries, and the plane actually didn't crash, but the engine itself, uh, one of the engines basically blew up and, like, freaking shrapnel and particle was just like falling from the sky big old engine pieces they were able to land safely back at the airport that is like one of my irrational fears is that i'm gonna be in my house and a plane is just gonna crash into my house but apparently it's not that irrational (laughs) 
I mean, not here in Colorado. It, it happened <laughs> yesterday, and no, and no injuries reported on the ground. No injuries reported That's in the sky. Insane. I couldn't imagine. Like I don't know these hel- these helicopter pilots. Wow, these airplane <laughs> pilots and helicopter pilots. Like when you have like you you lose power to an engine, and how you continue that flight to make it back to the airport and land yeah. safely. Hats off to you. Uh, it's funny I, the news article is like if you see a piece of the wreckage do not touch it and call this number man i'm keeping that <laughs> i want to look like they actually had some really cool pieces that uh landed like it looked like the casing of an engine nice. from an airplane i'm gonna throw that in there now real question is if let's say the piece of that airplane lands on your dog in the backyard and kills it is that cruelty to animals from the airplane company or is it just a civil suit? Uh, I feel, um, I I feel, well, I guess our, or, or our statute says, uh, knowingly or unknowingly. So mm. I would say that that would be to the plane company. I just don't feel <laughs> like you'd win it. Yeah, you wouldn't win it, but you would win a civil suit. Hundred, you probably wouldn't even have to sue. There would just be some sort of settlement, like, "Hey, we're so sorry for your loss. This is a huge accident, et cetera, et cetera." Right. Their insurance also, company has got. Like, could you imagine being the insurance company? <laughs> like, how many things do you have to think about as far as that goes? Well, say it wasn't your dog. Say a huge chunk landed on your farm, mm. and it took out. You know a good chunkier cattle or something like that. That would be insane. Yeah. And I mean, most farms are insured too, because of the, the livelihood and the cost of everything. So, right. Well, what do we got on tap today? We got NACA coming up here in a few minutes to give their monthly update. Uh, We got a good news article to get to. We got an animal of the week and I think that's it. ASPCA was going to join us today. They, they did have to reschedule due to uh, someone, one of their uh, the the people that were going to come on. I'm not feeling a hundred percent. They were, you know, sometimes we get sick, and uh, trust me, I know, and I'm sure you know how those feelings are. So, our our, you know, we're hoping that they have a speedy recovery and they can join us here in the next few weeks. Absolutely, um, you know. It, especially this time of year and with everything going on with the corona, if you're sick, by all means, relax. Take it easy. Don't be beating yourself up, making, you know, trying to go to work and everything like that. Take the time for yourself and same with the mental health. Like, do what you got to do to keep yourself healthy. Absolutely. So we look forward to getting them back here once they're feeling better. Yeah. All right, let's jump in. You got this uh, this news article that we need to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, apparently in Oklahoma City, uh, I believe it's uh, Fletcher, Oklahoma. There, I, I said Oklahoma City, didn't I? You did. State of Oklahoma. Yeah, Fletcher, Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, there is a humane officer who has been put on leave. And is suspended um, because a citizen had to just go in and remove animals. So it sounds to me, based on the articles that I could find, that the humane officer or animal control officer is 
also responsible for the animals at the shelter that they have. It's a very tiny shelter, um, which is evident by the fact that they are, uh, they only have 2,000 people um, in this township, and it, the whole township is less than a square mile. So, Small. really itty bitty place. Um, so, it would make sense that, yeah, your animal control officer could definitely be also responsible for sheltering the animals. Um, but as we all know across the country, the weather has been crazy stupid lately. Um, Texas is still without power and all kinds of stuff. So in Oklahoma, according to the records that I could find, looks like it was below zero. And these dogs were outside. There was four of them that were outside in chain link fenced areas that had no shelter, no windbreak. Now, like looking at the picture, it's tough because there kind of is a windbreak. The the kennels are on the outside of a building. Um, so it would be really hard, I think, to say that there's no windbreak. You got at least one wall. Um, the water was frozen over. There was no food. Uh, and these dogs were not we're talking like one of them was a border collie. So it's mm. not like we're talking a healthy, happy, middle-aged husky. You know, we're talking about dogs that are not bred for this weather. Um, so this... It looked like in one of the photos, though, that they had like a guillotine and could go in and out or no? It was I not seeing that well. Um... I don't know. It didn't really in either of the articles talk about any of that. They they made a point of saying that there was absolutely no shelter. Um okay. and that's why and in this situation the citizen chose to go out there. She was going to just give them food and water and leave, but then decided that because of the way that the uh, border collie was crying at her. Um, she said it wasn't even like a normal bark, like the dog is crying at her. Mm. Her and her 13 year old son packed all four dogs up and took them home for the night. So <laughs> is she now, now that's a like, could she be charged with theft? She absolutely could be. They have not decided. And she told them, she's like, hey, if you need to cite me, if you need to charge me something, if you need to arrest me, go ahead and do it. These animals were in danger. Um, I really wish, and I, I think most of us would see this, is she should have called law enforcement of other sorts. Um, mm -hmm. I, she should have called their police department and said, Hey, these animals, you know, I'll take them for the night, but you need to come see this because now where's your proof? Did she take photographs and, uh, you know, take evidence to say that she had the ability or she had a good reason to remove them? Or is she a bleeding heart that just saw something that she had no idea what was going on? And think about if we're doing a case for an animal left out in the cold, right? We're going to document the scene by, like you mentioned, taking photos. It, a lot of us have department-issued thermometers that you can utilize to get a ground temp, right? Mm -hmm. And then from there, 
documenting that documenting like you mentioned frozen water no water did they have any sort of shelter from the elements and then typically if it's cold enough i'm going to try to get an internal temp of the animal as well sure and and so you know knowing that the average range or the good ranges do you know actually the good range between or what the the range well you were a vet tech so you should yes. know what the temperature of a dog is uh I believe for dog, it was 101 to 102.5. I think it's 1 to 101.5. Okay, then it's probably cats, because I know cat, no. one of the two is higher. It's been a long time since I've done that work. But <laughs> I, needless to say, you get a dog and it's at 98, you know that, you know, they're in a danger zone. And on uh, to... To go back, you're right. It's 101 to 102.5. You are correct. Oh, why am hey, I questioning a vet tech? <laughs> you made me question myself because I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're but, right. You're right. Okay. I was, I, why was I thinking it was lower? I don't know. Are cats, cats higher are, there? Yeah. No, I, cats are lower. I believe okay. cats are 100.5. That one I have to double check though. Yeah, 100.5 to. And they can go all the way up to 102.5. See, you're you got this spot on. <laughs> but back to the back to the investigation part of it is, yeah, I mean, it looks like from the outside, not knowing this person, you know, you have, like you said, a bleeding heart or an advocate that comes in and takes these dogs uh, from a situation. The video, if you check it out, and we'll try to upload this video for you, the video looks like there is an indoor outdoor, so they can go outdoor as well. Sure. Well, and so here's the other part. So I checked on some of the Facebook posts that I could find. And a lot of the people that um, were commenting were commenting how this particular ACO was um, lazy, could be found just sitting on their porch at home most of the time, not actually working and oh. things like that. Now, again, I don't know what that means because are they just seeing that because they've got downtime or is this person legitimately lazy? Like there's two sides to this story and I, I can see they're doing an investigation with their local police department. Um, but a lot of them have said like, you should be having somebody outside of our jurisdiction investigating this. Sure. Um, and I absolutely agree because you know, this person in theory may work with the police department, even if it's not directly through the department. Um, how many times would law enforcement officers call out and be like, hey, there's this dog thing. I don't want to deal with it. Can you come deal with it or something along those lines? So they are technically kind of working together. Um, so I feel like it would be more fair if it was another jurisdiction. Yeah, in, a, in an independent investigation, that is very common in those in those scenarios. When you think about it, obviously this officer has a reputation in the community if people are saying that they are, you know, acting a certain way. And so, like sitting on their porch or lazy, you, whatever the case may be, like there's definitely a, a bias against this person from certain people. And we find that in any community, uh, you're either that you're liked or disliked and there are certain people that have a, a, a louder voice in that aspect. And so, you know, I, I'm curious to see if, if we can follow it because sometimes you think these things just kind of disappear 
Uh, yeah. So we'll see if we can follow it and update if um, if the officer is listening to the show and, and wants to talk to us or wants to give us any of their feedback that we can share or wants to come on, we will Absolutely. happily happily take that, um, you know, and, and chat with them as well. So, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, a bunch of factors, you know, I, I'd like to know more. I'd like to see the report written up, but it, it looks like they did have indoor outdoor um, from just a video that I saw. And so if that's the case, if they did have the ability to go inside, uh, you know, was this individual just taking these animals? And I've had to, I'd really have to question that, especially knowing how the guillotine system works. It's heated indoors and they had the ability to go outdoor to relieve themselves, you know, that type of thing. And so uh, definitely interested to see how this all, this all plays out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just kind of a lesson to maybe we have some listeners who aren't ACOs, like, please, whatever you do, contact law enforcement. Even if you don't want to contact your, your local ACO when you see something like this, because it's involving them, but you have no idea what type of things we have to investigate to make a legitimate case. Um, and this whole thing could get thrown out, even if it is legitimate that mm. she had a good reason to do it. This whole thing could get thrown out. Yeah, easily, easily. And she then she also could then be charged, right? Mm -hmm. Because she she went on and illegally took animals when they weren't in distress. That would be like you taking a husky from a backyard where it had adequate shelter just because you thought it was cold out. Well, exactly. And. Yeah. <sighs> She, they haven't decided whether or not she was going to get charged. That was part of the investigation as well. Um, it did mention that there was no, no trespassing signs, which I thought was interesting that she mentioned that because a no trespassing sign doesn't actually give you much, like there's nothing that can be done even if you post it. Um, at least here there's not. Um, and she said that everything was unlocked which was that really surprised that's me. an issue in itself right yeah yeah that's definitely an issue within itself having an unlocked area we don't know if any of these animals were if they were just strays or if they were part of an investigation and now you have evidence that's unlocked i mean it's, yeah. it's it's definitely an issue all the way through well, absolutely good stuff i i think as we as we're able to monitor and give feedback on that, we'll do our best. Like I said, if it sometimes these cases do disappear, and uh, if it doesn't, and if we're able to <clears throat> able to figure out what happens, we'll share with everyone as we get that information as well. Absolutely. Should we jump into the animal of the week? Yes, I. We haven't had one in a while. We haven't. You know, we've been busy with guests and such, so we've, absolutely, we've, we've definitely not had the time to dedicate to it. So maybe this is more the animal <laughs> of the month. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we bring to you the animal of the week. This episode, we are talking about the giant African land snail. The, oh, are these the like really, really big ones that you can put like they're the size of your hand or bigger? They can be. Yeah. And so the giant African, uh, Land snail is a very popular pet in certain regions like the UK and even Asia, and they really like them for their cute 
and very expressive eyes. So they have cute faces and expressive eyes. They are uh, definitely popular, but they are also the most or one of the most invasive species of pests in the entire world. They are omnivores. So they eat basically any and everything they can. They will, they will eat. Um, I was reading they will eat plaster in certain incidences, uh, just because that there are some theories that the plaster has some sort of calcium derivative in it, and they really are, uh, need calcium for their shells and whatnot. So they, they're they're really cool. If you haven't had a chance to look at them. Uh, check out just giant African land snail on your Google box and you'll see why they're so cute and why people want them as pets. Here's an interesting fact. Did you know they can carry the parasite or parasites Mm. for meningitis? Interesting. Do you know the other parasites that snails uh, carry? I do not. Um, they also can carry, they, they will, is it tapeworm? Whatever it is, the specific version of it can actually leave larval migraines in your brain. So when eating escargot, like it is super scary and creepy because you can get a parasite in your brain. That sounds horrifying. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how they would even get that out of your brain, but it does sound horrifying. It's not something I want to uh, ever experience. Speaking of which, bot flies just gross the crap out of me. So (laughs) as we we digress about things in our brains and (laughs) burrowing into our flesh, etc. So the shells can be um, somewhat un- like unremarkable they can be as little as three to four inches long but can get up to about 11 inches long so that's almost that's some people it's twice the size of their hand Uh, and then the actual snail inside can be up to 15 inches long if it was pulled out of the shell they live almost five to six years and can live up to 10 years in captivity so in the home uh, as a pet they can live quite some time so they're kind of cool in that way. They like to eat fruits, veggies, and other calcium-rich things if they can. Uh, and it just depends on, you know, what's in front of them. If you are feeding them at home, not in the United States because they are illegal. You, uh Because of being such an invasive species. Sure. But you want to make sure that, you know, they, they have kind of a moist climate and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> moist. Well. what's that word it's episode 69 and mel's not here to join it we should have had her on as a guest host or something she would have loved it so yeah that's that's kind of it uh they they are hermaphrodites i don't know if you knew this and they can they can uh technically reproduce on their own but they they typically do not they enjoy mating and have a clutch of like (laughs) Well, you said it was episode sixty-nine. I'm just trying to play to the That's play fantastic. to the audience here. <laughs> well, I was actually going to ask that if that was how they are becoming so invasive is by, um, mate. You know whether or not they needed a mate or not. No, they prefer to mate. 
right? All they right. do, but they can reproduce on their own and they can have up to 100 to 500 eggs at a time. Oh, uh, so as you can imagine, uh, they can kick out a bunch of these little guys and gals to uh, take over a crop and that type of stuff. So they're cute. Uh, they They are absolutely adorable looking if you ever have seen one and and so just be careful to touching them as you know you could be uh, subjecting yourself to meningitis or other other parasites so well i mean to be fair any exotic animal you're you should be careful with when touching them but yeah you should be and that goes with any really any animal and true so that's our that's our animal of the week the little but giant African land snail. God, these things are so weird. They are. <laughs> they are Speaking cute, of, though. They are. They, their facial expressions are adorable. Yeah. I, I want to make memes of them. <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Speaking of, do you wear, like, how often are you wearing gloves when you touch an animal? Um, whether it be disposable gloves or, like, duty gloves? Rarely. Um, I don't like not having the textiles. I I want to be able to feel everything. And this, even when I was in the vet clinics, I did not wear gloves often unless I was dealing with something incredibly gross. Um, it, it was just something I rarely did. And I will say this, um, I feel like, especially after I left working the shelter before I, because I, I worked at our shelter for a while. Um, I left in 2009 and I didn't get back to working with animals until 2011 when I went back to school for my vet tech degree. And in those two years, I felt my immune system was a lot less than what it was when I was working with the animals. Got um, it. So, and even my allergies, if I'm not working with the animals, I notice my allergies are worse and things like that. Interesting. That's good to know. I had a partner of mine who would always give me crap about not wearing gloves. And there's, I do wear them quite often, uh, but they're typically when dealing with a a dog doing like an impound, I don't wear them and I should, I just, uh, yeah. And he would always give me crap about it. So I think it's, you know, partly department standard and and your personal preference. Yeah. And, you know, I did get a pair of, um, they're not leather, but basically what the officers wear when they're dealing, going hands-on with somebody. I did get a pair of gloves like that, that I'll wear more frequently. Um, if I'm dealing with something, um, a little bit worse, but typically unless I'm dealing, like actually having to pick up a dead animal or something, I always, you know, I can wash my hands. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, now it's time to introduce our next guest who is, we have the pleasure of having on monthly to talk about the National Animal Care and Control Officer Association. Adam, what's going on, man? Hey, it's going pretty good. We're recovering from Texas weather. Man, it looked like a just unbelievable down there. Fortunately for me, I'm in the southern part of the state. So it wasn't as bad as central northern Texas. Did you get snow? Oh, no, we did not get snow. But it did get down into the 20s. 
into the 30s. Okay. We didn't have power. I mean, personally, here for a little over two days. I know other people are wow. without power, so not nearly as bad. Wow. I I have a friend down in Texas who took a picture of their Walmart, and it was almost worse than when COVID hit. Like nothing on the shelves except for the liquor which surprised me but i'm in wisconsin and that would have been the first thing to go <laughs> wow so what did you do to keep warm for two days with no power man layers um you know that's all you can do because these houses are not really built like and they're not as insulated and there's no like fireplaces or anything like that that you can utilize sure. to create some warmth which we would have in some houses in the northern part of the country so well, you're saying don't make a fire in the middle of your house, even with a fire pit? No. Um, you mean, I, I know I had a conversation uh, with my wife, Amanda, and she was like, oh, can we get a kerosene heater? And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We're not playing that game. That's going to go bad. <laughs> no. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. So, again, man, we really appreciate you joining us to talk about some of the NACA stuff, and we look forward to hearing what you what's on tap today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a couple of things are going on, you know, with, with NACA. One of them being we're currently, um, the, the organization's going through and doing interviews for the new position that was created and advertised a few weeks ago for the director of partnerships and programs. So that is moving forward and hopefully we'll have some announcements sometime in March to be able to identify who, who that individual is uh, that's able to get that position. Sweet. Yeah, nice. so it's something we're really excited about. You know, we need a, a person that can run with the day-to-day -day activities around the training programming and some of the growth concepts with our strategic plan. I would imagine that's a pretty co competitive field there. So there's probably a lot of good candidates that the board has to weed through. Yeah, my understanding of it, I'm not on the interview committee or anything like that. And so they've already done one initial round. There's probably going to be a second and a third round to identify. Cool. So that's one thing Great. that's happening. You know, the other thing that I mean, I'm really excited nice. about is everybody knows about the Animal Care and Control Today magazine? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, that's always been reserved for uh, our individual members. So recently the board voted to release that publicly. So in March with the first digital issue, we're going to be putting that out to everyone in the profession. That's great. Yeah, nice. that's, that's awesome. So we're really excited about it. it. There's a lot going on with this this publication. So hopefully there's some really great articles that everybody can get behind and really enjoy. And I think having it open to just everyone in the profession makes it, it really brings, kind of bridges that gap where not not having to be a member, but can still, even if you're, let's say you're not an actual officer, but you're interested in what's going on in the field, whether it be from a, you know, an animal shelter perspective or, or maybe even like a police officer who works a lot on cruelty cases, uh, they, they'll have access to some of that stuff as well. So that's awesome that NACA decided to, to do that. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, the board right now with the strategic vision um, is really kind of changing the way NACA is, you know, has been functioning, you know, historically and in recent years. And this is just one of many steps I think we're going to be able to you know, put out over the next, you know, couple of months throughout the rest of this year. And as you said, I mean, there's a lot of people that need to have the information that exists in that publication. And by doing it this way, everybody can have access to it. I mean, there's so many great information, so many great articles over the years. Um, and we're actually going to be going back and releasing the historical um, 
magazines as well, all the way back through the NACA news. So that way we can go back and we can start taking some of those articles out. We can put them onto that Facebook group. We can put them on our social media page and we can start having honest conversations about some of the work that's going on. And we can use these articles as a platform to engage, you know, the animal welfare, you mean the entire profession into these conversations based off the information that we've already got, right? Like NACA has plenty of great articles over the years that are still relevant today. And so we have this ability to bring them back, engage everyone, have great conversation and drive everything forward. That's good news. I like I like hearing that. So this will all be electronic. People can get it just by going to nacanet.org. Yeah, it'll be on the website. Uh, we'll also be on our social media pages. Uh, we're, we're still figuring out how that's going to go, so that way we can make sure that you, when you access it, it's like still looking like a like a magazine, but you'll also be able to download it into a regular PDF as well. Awesome! I'm excited. I'm going to go peruse all that here as soon as I can. Yeah, I absolutely am too. Because I'm just thinking, you know. There probably is some articles in there that can be shared with like my vet clinics and stuff who don't have the ability to send somebody for extra training, but can get some information out of those articles to learn what to look for in the animals and stuff that they're seeing come through their vet clinics even. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of articles. There's a lot of great information and, you know, you know, we're finally going to be able to release all that. And hopefully everyone finds you mean good value in it. You know, everyone's going to be looking probably for something a little bit different um, from anything that they want to, you know, engage with and learn from. So for even for this upcoming uh, publication that's going to release here in March, we have officer safety topics. We have things on forensics. We have um, how to be a public information officer. We have uh, compassion fatigue. We have um, a variety of different articles that were are, are more encompassing of different topics that we can continually build upon and continually engage with. Um, versus say like with the NACA news, it was like, this is the wildlife issue and everything was just wildlife for that entire issue. And so that way, I mean, there's a, a wider uh, array of topics um, for, you know, a wider range of, you know, um, viewers. That's great. I saw recently that over like the last maybe 10 days, NACA was posting on their Facebook page and then that the private group that we have as well, all the winners of the NACA the NACA awards this year. And I know that was done differently due to COVID, uh, but it seems like everyone got, you know, the same response uh, from their community or from their teams for winning these great awards. So I don't know if you have time to share a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the awards were done a little bit different. Normally we would have done that in our conference back in October, COVID timing of things, switching over the board. Like there was a lot of things that really kept like delaying it. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm behind, um, a lot of that, of the awards committee. And I was like, oh, we'll do a virtual award presentation. We'll do all these things. And then I realized I do not have the skill sets, hmm. um, to make all that happen. And so we had, we had to come back and look at it a little bit different way. We're going to do a lot more for these individuals. Um, and as you can see from just the little announcements, little stories, you know, we had some really great nominees this year. Um, you know, and they, they, they're also deserving and other people that got nominated are so deserving as well. Um, you know, it, it's really hard on the committee that has to go and, and make those votes. And, you know, we brought in members of NACA, not just the board members, to be part of that voting process. Uh, to be able to come up come up who those, who those selected award recipients are going to be. Um, I know I was very impressed. You know, we had Officer Michael Northrup. You know, he, he he's an animal control officer, right? He's an animal protection officer. And he's out there helping people. Right. There's there's a fire on the side of the freeway. He's there with a fire extinguisher to help those people awesome. you know, recover from that. Like, like you know, like it, it, 
mean, you know, Dan, Daniel, we, we, we talked about this a lot, right? You know, being more than just animal control and being first responders and that entire conversation. Absolutely. And, and, and then to find like this one officer multiple times in a year was put in situations where he stepped up to help people and not just animals. And he was a first responder. He was connecting someone who was, was an elderly person who's being abused to get to the, the, the people that needed to know so they could get her to where she needed to get to in order to get the treatment that she needed. You know, like th th this stuff is above and, and beyond, you know, you know, his story was fantastic. Gina Botticello, you know, the work that she was doing from, you know, on the sheltering side and how she assists the officers there. Uh, we had Daniel Atcha um, from um, Brandywine Valley. You know, he's, he's working out there as the Humane Law Enforcement Officer of the Year. You know, just just incredible people. That's fantastic. And congratulations to everyone that uh, was nominated and also won. And that's that's great to to see and hear. And, you know, we we can learn a lot from from our peers and, and hearing these stories and, and having the ability to have all that information shared. It's inspiring. Right. Like, I, I think we all know there's officers that some of them just keep their head down uh, and go, you know, go and do what's required of them, but but may not go above and beyond. And so hearing these stories uh, may inspire some people to kind of change their maybe change their approach a little bit and and act as um, some of these leaders do in, in the field. So thank you for highlighting these people and, 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 you know, they're definitely deserving of these awards. And the one thing that was really interesting with this year in particular is how many of the nominees that didn't know they were nominated. That's cool. Uh, so, so when you're reaching out to let them know that not only were they nominated, they were selected and they didn't even know that they were nominated. Wow. Um, so it Sorry, I was gonna say, did any of them ask, did any of them ask if it was a scam just because of you know if it's your last car warranty and publisher's clearinghouse? Now NACA's coming for you. So I, I don't think anything like that. There was one in particular that was really hard to get in touch with um, with leaving messages. But if you don't know you're going to be receiving an award, like you're kind of going like, what is that? So I, I kind of right. got it. <laughs> That's funny. I'd be like, uh, what do you mean award, man? I don't, I don't know what you're right. talking How'd about. You get my number? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's awesome though. Thanks for doing that. And so this is, that was the winners of the 2020 yes. then. And then there'll still yeah. be nominees coming up for 2021. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, hopefully we've we learned from this process. We obviously don't have a conference coming up um, this year either. Um, unfortunately. So we have a better understanding of what we were going to be able to do um, and how we can, you know, really showcase these individuals and work they do. We have a few more things planned for all of them over the coming months and hopefully really kind of be ending out right around ACO Appreciation Week. Great. When is yeah. ACO Appreciation Week this year? All right. So it always gets like confusing with people because it's the second full week in April, right? So the, like the keyword okay. is full week, not the second week in <laughs> April, um, it, which is always throws it off when I see it on like the different social media platforms. Um, so off the top of my head, I want to say it's the April 11th to the 17th is the, the second full week. Awesome. And one more question for you. If somebody has somebody in their department that they feel needs to be nominated for this for 2021, how would they do that? Yeah, we'll have a nomination process. It should be starting sometime around September. So the people can okay. get all those nominations in and then we can normally go through and figure out how we're going to do the awards. I'm assuming with the 2021s, um, my plan would be to have them wrapped up and actually given out at the end of 2021, not the early part of 2022. Okay. 
does one have to be a NACA member to so be So as nominated? of right now, the three major awards, so that would be ACO of the Year, Animal Care Professional, and Maine Law Enforcement Officer of the Year, they have to be. Um, when you look at the Diane Lane, um, the Bill Layman, and the other awards, um, they do not have to be. Okay. Got it. So okay, like cool. so like this year, we had cool. uh, Dr. Denise uh, Pettigrew. She's a veterinarian. Um, all the work that she does, help out the local shelter and everything that she does, and training and helping officers. Um, so she, you know, wasn't a member. She fit into the Diane Lane uh, Memorial World uh, Award. And then you have like the Bill Layman, and that went to uh, Deputy District Attorney Christopher Day. And so, you know, he is very much engaged with the animal protection side of, you mean, the court proceedings for, you know, his, his area. So, I mean, those two fall outside of it, obviously, with the State Association. That's NACA State Association of the Year. And also for the Agency of the Year, those are agency members as well. Nice. Awesome. Any other updates? So off the top of my head, I, I, I mean, I can't think of anything. Um, you know, we, we got to talk about okay. what was going on. I'm hopeful, you know, maybe by the next time we have this sit-down conversation and we're into March, we'll let you know who is going to be in that role for that director position. And, you know, some of the other things that we've got going, we're in the early stages of planning some things around ACO Appreciation Week. Um, so we'll, we'll have some things start to come out uh, mid to end of March uh, to let, let everyone know what's going on there and what opportunities may be available uh, for everyone out in the profession. That sounds great, man. As always, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and update our listeners on everything that's going on with NACA. And remember to check out their website, nacanet.org. Check them out on Facebook. There's a few different Facebook pages that they have. There's a public one and then the NACA support group, which is private for animal protection officers throughout the country or world. So check it out when you can. And Adam, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Oh, certainly. Thanks for having me. I look forward to doing it. I want to be able to share everything that NACA is doing. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that they've allowed me to come on here and, you know, to be able to do that. But it's it's exciting. You know, I, I can't say enough about how I feel about NACA right now and the conversations and the direction that it's going. Um, it, it's going to be a very big year. It sounds like it. So cool. We look forward to hearing more and, and we'll definitely be talking to you soon. All right. Very good. Look forward to it. Thanks, man. Thanks, Adam. And it really shows that they're listening to the feedback that they're getting as certain people I know specifically are like, hey, at this time, I don't see like what the benefit is as of being a member. And so they're putting this stuff out to people that are not members. And, and maybe people will understand like, okay, if I become a member now, here's these other benefits that I can get. But putting the magazine out to everybody, that's a smart move. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that that allows us the opportunity to share it with people who wouldn't normally be looking at it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's the whole point, right? Is grow your audience instead of just, yep. yeah. Cool. Well, that's pretty much episode 69 in the books. It's been a doozy. It that's a good one. <laughs> we got episode 70 coming up next week with, uh, we're going to have some talk with code three. So be sure to tune in for that one. Yeah. We'll have to see what they've got going now and what uh maybe that we can get them to talk about their grants and stuff for those of us that still need our vests and things like that so yeah i'm sure though i'm sure they'll be pretty open about all that so it'll be interesting to, to hear what they have going on i know they have training lined up and like you said those grants and, and we'll see what else the coalition's got going on so really appreciate uh 
everyone for listening. Please check out our Facebook page, Humane Roundup, on Instagram as well, humaneroundup.com. Check out H.O. Bishop. Check out Animal Protection Officer Daniel on social media as well. And as always here on the Humane Roundup, keep it humane. humane. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. I'm letting you do it from now on. <laughs> <laughs>